I'm Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards and host of the Wizards Podcast Network's Full Court Press. And listen up, Junior Wizards. Stuck at home but want to know ways you can still play basketball? Did you know that the Washington Wizards have a page full of helpful videos just for you? Don't let being inside stop you from crafting your skill. Check out all the Junior Wizards instructional videos and tips to develop your skills while home, in the driveway, or in your backyard at dcfamily.com slash at home. Wizard fans, welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio. Off the Bench is one of three podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network, which also includes Full Court Press, a new podcast hosted by the Wizards Radio Party of Dave Johnson, Glenn Consort, and Brian Alban, and the Wizards Global Podcast hosted by Zach Akuma. Recent episodes of Full Court Press and the Wizards Global Podcast include conversations with Wizards GM Tommy Shepard, head coach Scott Brooks, ESPN and MSG play-by-play voice Mike Breen, and ESPN Sage Steele. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and will continue to be featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. Follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter, at WashWizardsBN, and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. On today's episode of Off the Bench, we're joined by Derek Anderson, Head of Mental Health and Performance for Monumental Basketball. All right, Derek, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I think you, a lot like Dr. Daniel Medina, who we had on a couple weeks ago, it's really cool for fans to get a chance to hear from you guys and get an understanding of the behind the scenes work that you do, especially now when your work is so important to the team. Can we rewind a little bit and go back pre-coronavirus um, and you ex- explain a little bit what your role was with the organiz- organization back then when things were normalized? Sure. Uh, so seems so long ago pre-coronavirus, so let me give it some thought. I was brought along to uh, oversee and develop mental health and mental performance programming for uh, the Mystics, the uh, Wizards, the Go-Go's, and our eSports team. So um, I assembled uh, a, a, well, I'm working already with Stu Singer, who was the mental performance coach for the Mystics, and we brought along Jim Soda to do some clinical work for the teams, uh, and I oversee that part of it. And the work you're doing with Monumental Basketball is really just part of what you do. Your work has taken you across most of the major professional American sports leagues. I've seen Marlins and Mets and Florida Panthers. You've done some work in football. Can you expand a little bit on some of the other things that you've done pre-monumental? Yes. So I started my career uh, in the 90s working with Miami Dolphins uh, under coach Jimmy Johnson. I did that for three years. After that, I went and consulted with the NFL for a while left that work and uh, worked with the military and communication and leadership skills, did a bunch of things in between, came back to sports uh, where I was the, the sports psychologist for the New York Mets for six years. We developed the largest mental health and mental performance uh, program in major league uh, baseball and uh, possibly in all of uh, major sports in the United States and, uh, and Canada. 
I left there and I'm now the director of sports and performance for the Miami Marlins for the Florida Panthers, as you said. I am the lead clinical consultant for the, uh, for the NBA. And uh, I do other work for other teams and other organizations on a contractual basis. And now I do the work in sports psychology and mental health for the Wizards and monumental sports. You mentioned the NBA, uh, which in the past couple of years has really been at the forefront of, you know, addressing mental health with Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, were two of the first to really speak out about it. What was your work like, you know, helping the NBA unravel a plan and really be prepared for what has unfortunately been more of a, an outbreak in mental health, but not as much an outbreak, just more of a, an opening up about it. So I was fortunate enough to work with uh, Greg Taylor in player development where um, my role was really just to start to plant the seeds for the importance of mental health work with uh, teams and players. And now we have a team assembled um, with uh, Dr. Kenza Gunter and Dr. Vic Schwartz to uh, actually develop programming and recommendations and standards for the entire league. And, and more importantly, to provide resources that are, uh, and, and I can tell you, I don't work now with the, with the NFL, but with hockey and with baseball, baseball especially is very, but the NBA is developing such a robust uh, program to meet the needs of the players from the NBA through the WNBA and the G League to help these athletes with uh, any issues they, they may encounter. But more importantly, to recognize that mental health isn't for the people who are lacking in mental health. It's for our players who are actually some of the most mentally strong people you'll ever meet and resilient. And so we're also looking at it from a mental wellness perspective, where it's not just about being um, uh, broken, but it's about um, the complete opposite of somebody who has an abundance of uh, mental health resources. And so we're trying to look at it holistically like that. And then, of course, meet the needs of, of these young people who are in an incredibly stressful and demanding role uh, that gets played out in public for all to critique. I was also going to ask too, that on the mental, there's the mental health piece of being a resource for players with whatever they might be going through, whatever they might need on a, on a day-to-day -day basis. But what about the, you, you mentioned the performance aspect as well. What about putting together plans and things to train the mind to perform in the athletic sense? Like um, how do you develop those kinds of skills? Is that something like, you know, like the brain is a muscle, like everything else, you have to train that part of it too? Yes, I mean, often when you have incredible physical talents, you take, you take the, the thought process and the emotional and the psychological aspect of it for granted. And, uh, and just like anything else, helping to fine tune some of your thoughts and your processes and your routines and and to examine your own behaviors and emotions in times of stress or even during practice uh, only helps you to improve upon those skills. And um, as these athletes get higher and higher in their, in their chosen profession, what they find out is that the difference between uh, their performance and the guy 
you know, next to them or the guy that's playing against them. Uh, sometimes the biggest separation is the six inches between their ears, you know, how they're thinking about the game and how they feel about themselves and what they're thinking about uh, before and after. So um, every little edge counts for something at this level. So we help players to fine tune those edges. And we, and to be honest with you, I've learned more from players than I have from, from uh, graduate school about the way to think and approach uh, tasks like this. So we have some very, very smart people who play basketball, and this just helps them to take all of that power, all of that psychological energy they have, and focus it like a laser so that they're, they're the best they can be every single game. So, yeah, let's, let's turn a little bit specifically toward um, the coronavirus crisis and how it's impacting the Wizards and the NBA as a whole. For you, um, when did you feel your role start to change? Whether Was it back in, in the weeks prior when people were laying the foundation and starting to prepare for the fact that this was going to, to hit everyone? Or was it you know, like the night that the league is suspended and things change on a much more concrete level? Whatever it was, can you just take us through what your process was there? So working with the league, uh, I think we began to prepare and think about the possible ramifications of coronavirus uh, in the work that we do. I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, I wasn't able to really foresee this kind of impact uh, at that time. It was, it's almost unimaginable, right? Um, and working with three different sports, it was uh, interesting to see how everyone was taking this. So. I think most of the organizations I work with were thinking about how to continue going on, but in a different capacity and not really what it would be like to stop playing altogether. And I think the athletes were following suit. They weren't really anticipating not playing at all. And so um, my, my role to that point was to advise and to kind of talk to people who were beginning to feel the twinges of stress and, and anxiety to talk to front offices and people in leadership roles to discuss uh, some transitional uh, actions we could take if, uh, if we had to, to change the way things were going to be conducted if we were still playing. Then when everything shut down, I, it was actually eerily silent from uh, players for about a week, but very active from league and team levels who were, who were trying to make, you know, sense of this and get resources in place to, to talk to players remotely. I think it took a while for players to kind of process this and really understand what it meant for sports not to be played at all. And uh, there was some, I think there were some who were who were adjusting to the shock of it and were kind of in a state of disbelief and others who were, who were um, really just involved in logistics. Because remember in hockey, there are people who live in Europe and Canada who had to figure out how to get home. The same with baseball, not as much with basketball. And so there, there was a lot of logistical scrambling in the first week. And then the second week, I was talking to a lot of players. I reached out in the first week, but the second week talking to a lot of players uh, in all of the sports, it was, it, it was almost, what do we do? This is novel. And there was kind of, uh, 
they were immersed in the idea of being home with their families, the making the transition, doing things. So I didn't even feel the stress so much there. In the last couple of weeks, I've been dealing with more players who are questioning finances and their future and worried about what to do next and wondering what's going to go on and dealing with issues at home, uh, not just basketball players, but across the board. That's the other thing. It, it, there's been no differentiation between sports or ethnicity or gender. Everybody's been dealing with some of the same things. Uh, and uh, so I've been more active in the last couple of weeks personally as a, as a provider than I had been the first couple of weeks. Derek, I know we talk a lot about the Zoom workouts, yoga, et cetera, that um, players are doing. What is your team doing to accommodate, you know, the whole monumental basketball structure um, with just tips and, and in that capacity? Yeah, we send out two videos that last no more than a minute and a half, minute 40, just talking about basic topics that, um, you know, such as developing a routine, um, creating uh, novel ways to break monotony and boredom to break through that. We're going to have topics such as healthy communication and um, uh, dealing with anxiety and stress. Things such as that, we've been being mindful. We've, we've sent out videos, uh, our team. I haven't, uh, but uh, Jim and Stu have, and I, and I probably will become active in that, to discuss uh, routines and some, some things they can do to make their life at home better and more efficient and healthier and uh, actually even to develop some skills. This is Every, every situation provides for you an opportunity to, uh, to learn a skill and to improve your, your, the way that you process your world emotionally and psychologically. And this is certainly rich with opportunity for us to challenge ourselves to be better people and better at the way we think and, and handle ourselves emotionally. So uh, it's the same challenge for the housewife or house husband or the person who uh, is at home homeschooling their child, they have as big a struggle as professional athletes who aren't on the court or on the ice or on the field uh, applying their trade. So for everyone, it's a time to kind of uh, to refine some skills. And so our players are no different. How does your job change depending on the makeup of a roster? We've talked a lot about this Wizards roster this year. It's very young, but there's also a collection of veterans. It's a very international team. Um, guys coming from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different ages and life experiences currently. How do you have to tailor your work to fit the roster that you're dealing with? So there are nuances to the difference between a younger team and a more veteran team. Uh, sometimes if you deal with a younger team, the, the issues of family and children and uh, that and the prospect of retirement or, uh, you know, an abundance of injuries, sometimes those don't play as large a role. But at the heart of all of this, for anybody that works with me or, or is someone that I supervise, 90% of our work is relationship building. Uh, because players don't trust 
necessarily the profession of a psychologist, the profession of a coach or a trainer, but they, they learn to trust the person who's providing those, uh, those resources. So our work is about building relationships. Uh, we never want our players to feel like they're one of our patients. They're not. Uh, we're not, we're not providing therapy to, to players. We're, we're helping players navigate the intricacies and difficulties of, of a career like I would with police officers and uh, soldiers and uh, businessmen or women. So um, we build relationships. So the nuances change, but the nuances change with each individual. So I don't really have to make huge adjustments to the way that I approach uh, any group of athletes or people because I, I, I have the same approach, which is build a relationship and the rest of it becomes easier to do. And you, uh, I know, have dealt with every kind of player. So you have that in your back pocket. Um, do you do you sense that there's a difference in how people are coping based on their age within this kind of in a similar note? Like, do you think the players who are a little older and have been through more life experiences and have families and such are in a better place than those who may have may just be, you know, confused at just the scenario of like playing AAU their whole lives and college and in the NBA? Well, I think there's, it, it, it all depends on where you're at individually in your life. I mean, there are some young people that I'm talking to who are, um, they don't have the weight of responsibility that some other players may have. So they're easy, they have it easier to navigate. They may be confused in some ways and freer in others. And then there are some veteran players who, are more experienced and seasoned and confident and have dealt with adversity, uh, maybe not to this scale, but to, you know, to a at a large scale who, who feel like they have the internal tools to deal with it. And then the, uh, you know, the reverse is true. There are young players who are, who are um, kind of taken off guard by the enormity of this issue and, and don't, that they don't have the experience to handle it well. And so they're feeling more stress. And there, there's some veteran players who, you know, may be wondering how this is going to impact their career and, and, uh, and certainly how it impacts their family and, and uh, their position in the team. So, and not just in monumental basketball, but uh, across leagues. So I don't think there's any trend that you see um, as far as how people are dealing with it. It's probably been harder for me because the, the people that I talk to are used to communicating through telecommunications and other electronic means. And me being the old goat that I am, I'm having a hard time. You wouldn't believe what it took for me to get on the Zoom call today. It, it, it almost took a team of NASA scientists for me to get on this call. So <laughs> everybody's dealing with things in a different way. And, uh, and, and, the enormity and novelty of this situation creates issues for everybody, but it also creates opportunities for people to surprise you with their resilience and their creativeness. So, and I've been suitably surprised by our players, especially how, how brilliant they are at navigating this, uh, this, this situation. Some of this is like, some of this, there are parts of the day to day of being at home so much and, 
being in the same place every day so often these days that are kind of a common thread for all of us right now. And I feel like some of the side effects of just being bored or, you know, trying to break up the monotony of some of those simple things. Are there, are there tips, um, talking points that you kind of share with players or that could share with some listeners on just some tactics on how to like break up the day if you've been sitting in your apartment for days on end and want to just want to do something else, whether it's, you know, exercise or mental exercise or anything like that. So of course I believe in establishing routines and, and sticking with routines just so that you have structure to your life. We all, we all thrive in structure, especially if it's an internally motivated structure, but routine can sometimes lead to monotony. The word that you use that's apropos. And uh, so what I challenge players to do one is to do something, challenge themselves to do something that they would never have considered doing prior. So if they're really good at video games, then try playing board games, something that's not electronic. If they love watching TV, try reading. If, if they love to eat, try cooking. If their favorite food is Italian, try something, uh, you know, Mediterranean to cook. And so what I would say is also schedule that into your life because if left to your own devices and not part of something that you plan, you will do what you typically do. And that's where monotony and boredom comes in because uh, if you haven't thought about it, you're still going to eat the same bad foods, right? If you haven't planned for a different diet. And if you're sitting around and you haven't planned for anything to do, you're still going to go back to playing video games or maybe take a nap. Now, you add that day after day after day, and it becomes super monotonous. And the things that you took pleasure from are now becoming so mundane and so unentertaining that you're just doing them rote, and you're not even really being mindful of what you're doing that you typically enjoy. So plan something different for your days. I, I personally have started taking drum lessons on the internet again and playing bass on the internet and learning how to paint again and uh, do some of the things that I let go because I always had the complaint I didn't have time for. Now I don't have anything but time. So uh, I'm forcing myself to create a novel situation out of what could be mundane. Well, I think a lot of us wish we could say we've been as proactive as you have been taking drum lessons and painting lessons and stuff like that. But, um, <laughs> Derek, this uh, I'm, I'm a great the artist. artiste all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, this, I'm amazing, so. this is great stuff, man. I, I think we can get you out of here on that one. I think you've provided a, a, a ton of background information, you know, continue to do what you're doing and, and thank you for everything. I know, um, you know, it's really important the stuff you guys are doing right now for, for the players and, and sharing this information with the general public. And, uh, we really appreciate it. So thank you for everything. Oh, it's my pleasure. By the way, I was just kidding when I was calling myself amazing. I'm really sarcastic <laughs> at times. But. You are. No, this was great. Yeah. Well earned. Yeah. Thanks, Derek. All right. Have a good Thanks, day. Derek. Take Thank care. You too.